For an opening scripture, I'll be reading from the 46th chapter of Psalms, the entire chapter. God is our refuge and our strength, a present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth shall be removed and though the mountains shall be carried into the midst of the sea, and the waters thereof roar and be troubled, and the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Yet there shall be a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. For Zion shall come, and God shall be in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her right early. The heathen shall be enraged, and their kingdom shall be moved. And the Lord shall utter his voice, and the earth shall be melted. The Lord of hosts the Lord of hosts, who shall be with us, the God of Jacob, our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he shall make in the earth in the latter days. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in sunder, and he burneth the chariot in the fire, and saith unto the nations, Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts shall be with us. The God of, the God of Jacob, our refuge.
Thank you very much for your ministry. It's definitely uh, invited the Spirit here with us today. And I didn't realize it, but how amazing is it that I get to have a depiction of Zion behind me during my <laughs> during my sermon? I didn't realize it was going to be uh, there, and uh, it, it goes so well with what I what I felt like I was uh, supposed to bring today. Um, so when uh, when I was when I was told, hey, you know, would you be able to preach? And you know, I I was absolutely yeah, I would love I would love to you know uh, preach, and um, I was considering the theme, and I was thinking, okay, praise him in all things. You know, there's a lot of a lot of you know good good messages there and everything, but I kind of felt led in addition to praising him in all things to kind of branch into. Uh, I think something that is very relevant to us in in this day and age, and so I guess I would I would kind of call it maybe fear not and praise Him in all things. <clears throat> there's a there's a lot of fear in the world right now, and you know it's it's a very natural response to what we see going on around us. It's you know you turn on the news and there's there's nothing but things that can cause you to fear when you. When you look at what's going on in the world, you know, the, the world is, you know, there's a disease going throughout the world. There's violence throughout the world. There's, you know, many, many things that could cause us in our, in our own hearts to uh, fear, to, to cause us to, you know, look around us and be paranoid or anxious or, you know, to, to have just anxiety about what's going on in the world and I think, I think while that is a natural response in, in us as human beings, we, we, we have a hope. We have a unique hope that should dispel our fear, and that is in Jesus Christ. I, I know sometimes we feel like, you know, we're the apostles on the boat, you know. We, we, we are in the midst of a storm, and, you know, we're all by ourselves, we think. But, you know, we have... You know, we, we see Jesus out there on the water, and, you know, we have that hope. And like Peter, I hope we, you know, when, when, the, when the storm is raging around us, hopefully that doesn't distract us from Christ and what he, is, what he has told us and what we are to expect about the last days. Um, so the environment that we find ourselves today, it's, it's, it can be very difficult to draw our minds apart. It can be... Because it's our immediate environment, we, as a consequence of the fact that we're we're human beings and we live in this world, we have to live with it every day. We have to, you know, we see it in the news, or you know, we hear about it when we go out to get groceries, or or, or anything like that. We, it's it's constantly in our face. So it can the, the response that God calls us to to have to this might seem kind of counterintuitive to us as 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 humans and what we would naturally feel. Um, in Deuteronomy 31, 6, he says, Be strong, be of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, and he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So that, that scripture, you know, in addition to many others that, that I'll be sharing today, just, you know, our response to this should not be, Oh my goodness, you know, what, what is going to happen? Oh, what does the future hold? To some extent, God has told us what the future will hold. 
And he tells us that to dispel our fears, not to, not to aggravate our fears. In Psalms 7, uh, starting in verse 1, it says, O Lord God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. And skipping down to verse 9, let, it, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God try, uh, uh, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and reins. My defense is God, which saveth the upright in heart. And then skipping to 17, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to his name, uh, to the name of the Lord Most High. So in, in addition to not fearing, we, we need to praise him, even, even in the trial that we, we may be enduring with, you know, us having to wear masks everywhere we go or, you know, being, being told that, oh, there's, there's violence everywhere. That, that causes us to fear naturally, but God tells us, be strong and courageous and, you know, praise me. Even in the storm, we need to praise him. In Psalms 18, 1 through 3, it says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. And reading from Psalms 34, 1 through 4, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. The Lord is the Lord is the what we should be turning to, and myself included, I find myself slipping into, oh my goodness, you know, there's you know, so much violence in the world, there's so much, you know, hatred of, you know, mankind, you know, towards their brothers, and, um, you know, fear of, oh, you know, I'm going to be sick, oh, uh, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get the, the disease, you know, there's, there's so much fear around us, and some of it's manufactured, but some of it's, you know, some of it's real, some of it's, you know, what we need, you know, what we as human beings, you know, respond to naturally but God says to be still have courage fear not and praise him in all things and when we do that it dispels our fears it you know our focus is no longer on what's around us it's it's on what you know we can do inside of us to more closely follow our Lord and Savior I love this quote by Arthur Oakman in the endowment series I've, I've quoted it before but I think it's just so relevant um, it's on page 74 if anybody wants to track it down afterwards but um brethren again remember that what happens in you is much more significant than what transpires around you remember that within yourself are gifts and blessing all the gifts and blessings necessary for you to achieve all that god has commanded you to achieve that is so true when we focus on what's inside what we focus on is our walk with our lord you know we need focus on our own righteousness that we that we might be able to accomplish the city of God that we are called to accomplish if, if we are if we are fearful and we are afraid then not only will that distract us from what we should be focusing on 
but it'll stop us from establishing that city that God has called us to accomplish, to, to attain that, that spiritual height, as you were, as you will, you know, the, the, the standing on higher ground that we, we are called to do as saints. From Matthew 14, and I referenced this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to read it, uh, just from Peter and, and the apostles in the boat and everything, starting in verse 24 there in Matthew 14. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, and, and he said come. And God calls us all to come. He calls us all to get out of the boat and step out in faith. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And I, I know that we've all been in that situation as well, where we have stepped out of the boat. You know, we, you know, if we've made a covenant in baptism, if we've, you know, if we've decided I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to step out of the boat, I'm going to have faith. You know, that first principle of the gospel. Uh, you know, we've all, at some point in our lives, sunk. We've all looked around us and thought, oh my goodness, you know, look at what's going on around us. It says, you know, he, he but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And began to sink. You know, there's much boisterous wind in our lives right now, and as a nation and as the, the entire world, there's much boisterous wind around us, and it can cause many to be afraid and to sink. It was a, it's a very natural response to have that if you're standing on the water for the very first time, you know, the amazement that, you know, your faith. In Jesus Christ allowed you to walk to him on the water and, and through his through his power but then to to realize I'm standing on the water there's there's nothing but my faith to hold me up um, that that can be I'm, I'm sure a very scary experience if you're if you're looking down and you're looking all around you and you see nothing but waves and boisterous wind and the storm just like Peter, I'm sure each one of us can think of a time in our lives where we, we have sunk and we've said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Doubts and fears and worries, those are all kind of, they're all cousins. They're all the same they're all they're all out of fear. They they come out of fear. But uh, you know, just like myself, you know, I'm sure many of you have lost focus, and you know, it's just it's it's hard with with the day that we live in. But God never said that the journey would be easy. He never said, you know, he didn't say that. Oh, you know, step on step out of the boat, and I'll make the I'll make the storm calm. I'll, I'll make the you know because that that did happen. Jesus had the ability. He could have made this. He could have made the Sea of Galilee just nothing. He could have made it just the wind ceased and it was a sunny day and Peter just walked out on, on the nicest day he ever did see, dolphins swimming everywhere, you know, just, you know, the nicest little walk to Jesus on the water that you ever did see. But he tried his faith. He, he, put, him, he put him in this situation where all he had to save him was himself, Jesus, you know. And I think, I think there's, Jesus definitely had, a, a really great analogy in mind with Peter to teach him an object lesson and to teach, frankly, all of us a lesson when, when he did this with Peter. So, praising him in all things. 
that does mean that we'll have to endure trials in all things, you know. It, it's kind of like when the, with the marriage value, for better or worse, you know. It doesn't mean everything's going to be great 24-7, but, you know, it, it does mean that, you know, hey, there will be a lot of good times. There will be a lot of, you know, rough times, but, you know, for better or worse, you know, we will praise God in all things. In Romans 8, starting in verse 16, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace through him. By whom we have access to faith unto grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And then turning to uh, James, the first chapter. Starting in verse 12. Blessed is the man that resisteth temptation when he is tried. He shall receive a crown of life, which, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. When we are tried, when we are tempted to fear, when we are tempted to look around us at that boisterous wind, we're told to resist it. We're told to, you know, don't, don't even let that, that natural man come out. Don't even let the temptations of, you know, spiritually and temporarily of this world to distract don't let it distract you from jesus christ and what he has told us to do james 1 uh, the first chapter there starting in verse 2 and 3 so going back just a little bit uh, brethren count it all joy when you fall into many afflictions knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience so we, we learn we learn a lot from this experience we we end up finding out that, oh, you know, when, when I'm tried, you kind of come out on the other side a little bit stronger. You come out, you know, with, with a strength that you didn't have before that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't had to go through the fire or go through the, go through the trial. So uh, it can be tempting to let what happens around us impact us. And, uh, you know, fear, anxiety, sorrow, anger, there's many, many emotions that, that can be felt when you look at what's going on around us. But um, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. A sound mind, to me, kind of sounds like, you know, someone who, you know, keeps keeps the perspective that they're supposed to have in in crazy times, in, in, in the storm. And we, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And I think the worse things get, the more our love will shine through as saints. If we have no fear, but we can not only dispel our fear, but replace it with the power of God and with love of God and our fellow man, we will, we will be beacons in the darkness compared to how everybody else is reacting to what's going on. In Psalms 56, 3 through 4, what am I afraid? I will put. Uh, I will trust in Thee, in God. I will praise His word, in God. I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. And as Restoration Saints, we we know we know what the end is going to look like. You know why? Why would we be afraid? We don't fear what flesh can do unto us. We have the hope of you know eternal life and of 
Zion, you know, many, many other churches, they're going to lose. There's going to be doubt and fear that creeps in when they aren't taken away and they have to endure. They have to endure these, these tribulations and these hard times that are coming. They'll have that natural reaction. They'll think, oh, man, was I wrong? Does, is God going to abandon me? Am I, am I alone out here on the water all alone? You know, they're going to look around at the boisterous wind and think, why, why didn't God keep me out of this? Why, didn't, why, why do I have to endure? And I think there will be a lot of hope that we can provide those people in the coming years. In Lecture 6, um, and I was just, I, I always love this Lecture 6 and, and uh, Lectures on Faith, but it, it talks about, you know, it was this faith, it was this, it was this strong faith that enabled the ancient saints to endure all their afflictions and persecutions and to take joyfully the spoiling of their goods, knowing, not believing merely, that they had a more enduring substance. And that's from referencing Hebrews 10.34. Having the assurance that they were pursuing the course which was agreeable to the will of God, they were enabled to take not only the spoiling of their goods and the wasting of their substance joyfully, but also to suffer death in its most horrid forms. And I, I, I can definitely attest to that, that with the ancient saints. I've been, I've been studying them quite a bit for, for an upcoming Sunday school class. And just the, the amazing faith that those, those early saints had. Just, they, they surely did endure death in its most horrid forms. There would be anything that the Roman government could devise to make them recant Jesus Christ. They would, they would devise anything that they could imagine against these people to to try to get them to, to recant. And just a, a quick quote from uh, Eusebius. He was, a very, he was an early church historian, but he, he speaks of these early saints in just a brief quote. It says, They received indeed the final sentence of death with gladness and exaltation, so far as even to sing and send up hymns of praise and thanksgiving until they breathe their last. Can you imagine the faith that those early saints had, that even as they were, they were sentenced to death, and right up until their very last breath, whatever death was, was designed for them, they were singing hymns of praise and thanksgiving unto God, unto their very last breath. That's just amazing faith. I can only hope I have the level of faith that those people had. So we've all experienced trials in our lives, maybe not to that degree. You know, that's a pretty extreme, probably the most extreme examples of, of cruelty and having to endure that, that we have on record. But, you know, to a lesser degree, bringing it back to our day, we have all experienced trials in our lives, personal trials and trials as a nation. But if, if, you, think, if you think of, you know, maybe the biggest trial in your life or the lowest point in your life, maybe it's a a family member dying or, you know, a loss of a job. If, if each one of you think, think of that, that really low point in your life that you had at one point, and have you not come out of the, out of the other side of that stronger? I know me personally, I've, I've endured some things like that as well, where, you know, I can think of several trials that I've had, and in the moment I'm just like, God, why, why is this happening to me? This is, this is terrible, you know. Help me, you know, save me. But sometimes God, God gives us this, these trials. It worketh patience, like it says there in James. And, it, you know, we come out of it stronger. We're tried in the furnace. So, uh, you know, praising God in that time of our lives 
it seems extremely counterintuitive to us. It seems, you know, the last thing, you're, when you fear and when, you, when you're sorrowful and when you're angry, we really kind of focus inward. We focus on how I'm feeling. We focus on I'm feeling fearful. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sorrow. I'm feeling, you know, it. But God asks us to shift our focus from ourselves in those hard moments, and it's very hard to do. But he, he tells us to praise him in all things. And it's, it just seems so counterintuitive to us. But when we come on the, out of the other side of that, we see his design. We see why we had to endure that. Or we see the results of having had to endure for our faith. And, you know, we see that God had his hand in it the entire time. And, you know, he asks us to praise, us, praise him through the entire process, not just when we see what his higher purpose was for this. You know, a lot of times we tend to be like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll praise him. I'll praise him afterwards when I when I see his greater plan in this. But, you know, for for a lot of us, we he, he asks us even in the time that we are enduring this trial to praise him because he is working in us even through that, even if it feels like we're alone. So, uh, just a personal example of of when. You know, I did not feel like praising God, and I did not see the bigger picture, a trial in my life. I, I was, uh, it was in Afghanistan back in 2013, and, you know, uh, we were, I, I was traveling through different bases and stuff, uh, and there was a buddy of mine from, from my unit uh, that he was stationed in kind of eastern, eastern Afghanistan, kind of up in the mountains, up in near Pakistan border. And it was a notoriously bad place to be just because, you know, there was a lot of terrorist attacks launched from the Pakistani side to us. And, uh, but a buddy of mine, his name was uh, Justin Sisson. He was, he was, uh, he grew up in eastern Kansas and me having grown up in western Missouri, you know, we, we kind of had a lot in common. We knew a lot of the same places. He was, he was a good buddy of mine, you know, and we'd been, we'd been deployed for about a month. It'd been been about a month, maybe a little bit less, that we were in in country, and um, he was out on a dismounted patrol, and there was a guy. He was uh, he was on a motorcycle, and he had a backpack full of explosives, and he didn't have any weapons that anybody could see, and he he drove up on the dismounted patrol, and they weren't you know they're not a you know you could go to jail for the rest of your life if you just randomly shoot some guy on a motorcycle no matter how fast he's coming at you no matter how much you yell at him to you know stop or anything like that you know you can yeah you the rules of engagement say that you know you can't shoot him until he presents a weapon well the enemy knowing this you know got really close to to the dismounted patrol and he blew himself up on the motorcycle and killed two people and one of them was one of them was Justin and upon hearing that I was just I was devastated you know this was a buddy of mine who I had seen only a couple of days previous I had only seen him you know I'd he he had uh, he'd lost one of his one of his patches and I uh, I loaned him one of mine I was like oh yeah no you can get me back later and everything you know and little did I know that'd be the last time I saw him and I was just I was so angry and sad at the same time, and a lot of that was directed at the the religion and the people that who had caused that to happen. You know, you're like, what kind of a people, you know, you know, are are so evil that they would that they would blow themselves up just to kill 
you know, my best friend, one of my best friends down here in, in my unit. And it just, I, I was so anger, angry and sad. I held on to that. It was one of the lowest points of my life. I was just so angry. And I held on to that anger for way too long. I held on to that probably the entire deployment and beyond. But when, when we got home and we're at Fort Campbell, um, I, I met his parents. I, I met um, his parents and his mom, uh, Phyllis, she, she was talking to me about that. And she, you know, because we had been communicating online. And I told her, yeah, I knew your son really well. He's a great guy and everything. Not telling her anything she doesn't already know. But um, she, she was talking to me. And her reaction to that, that was, her, that was her son. It wasn't her only son, but it was her son who was killed. And her reaction to that was, you know, you know, praise God in all things, basically. That was the, that was the gist of what she told me. She's, she, she said it was, you know, a good example of, she, she knows how God felt sending his only son and having him die and, you know, how much, how much love that God must have had because she knew what it was like to lose, lose a son. And just her reaction to that was so much different than me. I wasn't even I wasn't even related to this guy, but his mother had just the best attitude about it, and she 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 knew that God had a plan. You know, as as sad as that sounds, God had a plan even even in the death of her son, and she you know we we still communicate regularly. She's she's just it's an amazing amazing attitude that she had, but me holding on to that anger and that sorrow. I was definitely not praising God. I did not have the right attitude in that moment. And it was kind of a, a check on, on my own life when I met his mother and she, she told me those things. So moving on to a, a different example of uh, praising God in all things. Um, I'm sure many of you have uh, heard of Corey Ten Boom. She's, a, she's an amazing, amazing individual. She lived during World War II and she was a Dutch watchmaker with her family and she hid Jews from the Nazis and everything. And eventually she was caught and uh, put in a concentration camp, several concentration camps. And, uh, yeah, just what she had to endure in her life with, I mean, that's, that's right up there with the early saints and everything, having to endure being captured by the Nazis. But, you know, she was, she was a Christian, and she saw this as a trial of her faith, but she had such a great attitude about it. And I just got a couple of quotes from her really quick here. There are some among us teaching that there will be no tribulation, that the Christians will be able to escape this. These are false teachers that Jesus warned us to expect in the latter days. Most of them have little knowledge of what is already going on across the world. I have been to countries where the saints are already suffering terrible persecution. And another quote, she says, there has... You can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. If God has shown us bad times ahead, it's enough for me to know that he knows about them. That's why he sometimes shows us things, you know, to tell us that this too is in his hands. She really put an emphasis on not fearing what goes on around you, too. She, she gave an analogy. She said, when the train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit and trust the engineer. That is so true. We have to sit and trust the engineer, the one who's in control of everything. 
uh, talking about when she was in the concentration camp, she said, I prayed to dispel my fear until suddenly, and I do not know where the idea came to me, I began to pray for others. I prayed for everyone who came into my thoughts, people with whom I had traveled, with whom, with whom who had been in prison with me, my school friends from years ago. I do not know how long I continued to pray, but this I do know, my fear was gone. Interceding for others had released me. Released me. And that's really what we're called to do as saints, to pray for one another so much that, you know, if we're concentrating on God, if we're concentrating on our fellow man, what we should be focusing on, then the fear will be dispelled because we'll no longer be concentrating inwardly at our own feelings, but we'll be focusing on the needs of others. And one, one other quote from her says, Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. It's so true. We're so, we are called not to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And John 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And uh, from Luke 21, uh, there's a lot in Luke 21 that pertains to our coming, our coming days. But it says in uh, 26 and 27, men's hearts failing them for fear. And uh, in verse 26 there, so men's hearts will be failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. So they'll see what's happening around them and their hearts will faint. Their, their hearts will be just like, oh my goodness, this is so fearful. And when these things come to pass, then look up and lift your heads, for the day of your redemption draweth nigh. So the reaction that we're supposed to have when all the men's hearts around us are failing for fear is to look up, because our redemption is drawing nigh. That city, that, that Zion that will be established, Jesus Christ, the, the groom, will be coming soon. Um, in church history... Uh, volume 1, chapter 9, it says, Behold, verily, verily, I say unto you, mine eyes are upon you, and I am in your midst, and you cannot see me. But the day soon cometh, soon cometh when, that you shall see me, and know that I am. For the veil of darkness shall soon be rent, and he that is not purified shall not abide the day. Wherefore, gird up your loins and be prepared. Behold, the kingdom is yours, and the enemy shall not overcome. You are blessed not because of your iniquity, neither because of your hearts of unbelief. For behold, some of you are guilty before me. But I will be merciful unto your weakness. Therefore be ye strong, and henceforth fear not, for the kingdom is yours. And then from uh, volume 1 again in chapter 9, it says, Fear not, little children, for you are mine, and I have overcome the world. I am in your midst, and I am the good shepherd, and the stone of Israel. He that buildeth upon this rock shall not fail. The day cometh that you shall hear my voice and see me and know that I am. Watch, therefore, that you may be ready. Even so, amen. That's amazing to me. Jesus Christ, he, God, he is, with, he is in our midst right now, but we cannot see him. He's, he's trying us, and he's allowing us to, to you know, go through these things without seeing him. But he's in our midst. He knows exactly what's going on. 
and he calls us his little children. It's just such a, such a great analogy for God being our father and we his children that, you know, you see examples of it in, in our own families. It's such, God is really good about putting examples in the family unit for his love for us. So uh, going to Matthew 24, starting in verse 23, I'll just be reading a, a little bit out of Matthew 24 here. It says, For in those days there shall also arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if possible they shall deceive the very elect, who are the very elect, who are the very elect according to the covenant. Behold, I speak these things unto you for the elect's sake, and that you shall also that you shall also that you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye not be troubled. For I have told you, for all I have told you must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And then skipping down to thirty five. Verily I say unto you, this generation in which these things shall be shown forth shall not pass away until I have uh, all I have told you shall be fulfilled. And 36. Although the days will come that heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my word shall not pass away, but shall be fulfilled. And as I said before, after the tribulation of those days and the powers of heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. For the Son of Man shall come, and he shall send angels before him with the great sound of the trumpet. And they shall gather together the remainder of his elect from the four winds, and from one end of heaven to the other. And now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branches are yet tender, and it begins to put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise, mine elect, when they shall see these things, shall know that he is near, even at the doors. But of that day and hour no man knoweth, no one knoweth. No, not the angels of God in heaven, but my Father only. But it was in the day, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For it shall be with them as in the days which were before the flood, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. They were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the, the coming of the Son of Man be. It'll be so sudden. It'll, it'll come when we're not expecting it. Skipping now to 50. But know this, if the good man of the house had known in what watch the hour, the th in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and not suffered the house to have been broken up, but would have been ready. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour that ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. And then uh, from DNC 6, 16a, says, Therefore fear not, little flock. Do good and let earth and hell combine against you, for if you built on my rock, they cannot prevail. I've got a, I've got a testimony that I, I'm sure some of you have heard before. I've, I told it at a prayer service, and I've, I've told some of you, uh, you know, face-to-face. -face. But um, before, back in 2012, before deployment and everything, we do, we do uh, training exercises which are supposed to kind of s simulate what, what a deployment uh, is going to be like. And basically, we, we create these little outposts, and 
we fill up a bunch of sandbags and we, we, we basically we're out there and there's, there's enemy out there that are, you know, their entire job in the army is to play the bad guys to try to try to get us. But, um, anyway, um, there was, uh, there was, we were at one of these training events back in, I think it was 2012 cause we were gearing up for the deployment in 2013. And, um, you know, we, we had different, different platoons would do different functions. Some of them would go out and do missions one day and then others we'd do like the guards on the perimeter. Well, it was, it was our platoon's turn to be the, the tower guards and we were doing it in shifts. And my shift had come up and, you know, my team leader came by and woke me up and was like, hey, Doherty, it's time for you to get up on the tower. I was like, all right, cool. So I, I get all my gear together and I find, oh, my canteen's out of water. I've got to go. I, I told my team leader, I was like, I've got to go run to the water buffalo real quick and fill up my canteen. He's like, hurry up, hurry up. And so I was like, okay, okay. So, and it's nighttime. It's probably, you know, midnight, but you got these night vision goggles on and I don't know if anyone, I'm sure a few of you have had experience with night vision goggles, but for those of you who haven't, they, if you got like a toilet paper roll and you like, you look down at toilet paper roll, imagine that's all you can see. And then you still have no, like no depth perception whatsoever. Well, as you can imagine, uh, we, we fall a lot when we're using night vision cause you can't see holes. You can't see what's in front of you very well. Your vision's very limited. Well, uh, you know, it being one in the morning or midnight, it was, it was very late. Uh, I was running to the, the tank that had all the water and it was in the middle of this big old gravel driveway or not driveway, gravel lot that we had put on one part of our camp where we park all the trucks and stuff. Well, there wasn't any trucks really there anymore. It was just like one water buffalo kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And I, I'm running and I'm running and I'm running and I didn't see the gravel coming and I started tripping on this, this real thick gravel. And I was, you know, when you, when you're falling forward and you're trying to catch yourself from falling, but you know, you're going to fall. Um, that's what happened to me. I was, I was running and I was running and I was like, Oh man, you know, and I, I started running forward trying to catch myself from falling. But just as I was about to eat the dirt, um, something like grabbed along the back of me and I was like, kind of like just stopped like right here. And my hands were like right out there to like stop me from hitting the gravel. And I was like, what on earth is this? And then I'm like lifted up and I look over and there's this, there's this guy who I didn't see standing there before. Uh, he, he had grabbed like the back of my, my body armor and he lifted me up with like one hand and set me down on my feet. And I was like, huh, wow. Well, I was like, thanks, you know? And you know, I was like, I, I didn't see him there. He's like, oh yeah, no, no problem and everything. And we both kind of walked over to the water buffalo the rest of the way, and I'm filling it up and and uh, I'm filling up my canteen. And he's like, uh, so uh, you know what unit were you, what unit are you with? And I was like, oh, I'm with you know gunfighter company. And he's like, oh okay, you guys camped over there. Yeah, I was like, yeah, 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 that's that's our tents over there. He's like, oh okay, yeah, I'm not too far from there. I'm camped just nearby, right over, you know, over in this over area. And I was like, oh okay, cool. You know, I don't know why he's making small talk with me, but I'm filling up my canteen and we're talking. And then I ask him a question and I look up and he's he's gone. And this is a big old gravel lot. Like there's there's just the water buffalo, me, and you know probably a hundred yards of gravel in each direction. And I'm like. I'm looking all around and I'm just like, where did this guy go? I was just talking to him like five seconds ago. And I thought, man, that is, that's really, that's really weird. 
you know, as limited as my night vision was, like, I would have seen him if he was somewhere nearby, but he was just gone, and I would have heard him on the gravel. There was gravel all around it. It was like right in the middle of a gravel lot. Didn't hear gravel. I didn't see anybody, and I was just like, this is really weird, you know, and I, I was, you know, I went through my tower guard shift and everything, thinking about that and thinking about that. I was like, man, what, what did I just experience? And afterwards, I was reading in the scriptures there in a the first one I ran across was in, in Psalms there, and it says in uh, Psalms 91, there shall, no, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest ye dash your foot against a stone. And that's what I had done that previous evening. I was like, that, that is, that's really weird, you know, like, I was dashing my feet against stones like the whole way to the water buffalo and I about fell over and they bared me up. Somebody bared me up in their hands when I was, you know, tripping on stones. It's like, that's, that's really weird. And I was reading somewhere else in Psalms in Psalms 34 and it said, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. And that was from Psalms 34. And I was thinking, both of these are about angels bearing you up in their hands when you dash your foot against a stone and camping around about. You know, the guy said, oh, yeah, I'm camping nearby after you found, you know, after I told him where I was. I was like, that's got to be an angel. That's a confirmation that, like, an angel, I'd seen one. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe it, but I was, it was just so amazing. And, you know, there was, there was nothing nothing out of the ordinary. He seemed like a normal person to me, except for the fact that he could lift me up in the air with one arm and disappears at will. But, you know, I was just, I was, I was floored by that. I was like, I just saw an angel, you know, and the Lord, he, he's, he's always around us. That, that little example gave me so much faith, gave me so much assurance that God is nearby. He's always there to protect us. He's, his angels are always there to bear us up and to protect us, and they're always camped nearby. And he is in our midst, and we see him not. There is just so much, you know, so much assurance for us that God is always with us. And I, I hope that these, these things that I've brought today will help us, uh, myself included, redirect our focus from what goes on around us to what goes on inside of us that we might establish that city of Zion, that, that, that city of God, and become the saints that he would have us to be.